Hey friends, welcome to this episode. I have the idea that we need to start normalizing making mistakes. So with that being said, this episode is myself and Rich Keegan talking about some of the mistakes we've made over the years. Thanks for being here. Hope you enjoy the episode. Like, share, subscribe, all the things, and let's get into it. We are going to talk about flops, uh, failures, facilitation fails, something that maybe we've done that we have learned from. This is in response to a question that we got submitted from a listener, which is which of our facilitation failures, maybe earlier on in our career, we've learned from. But I'm also thinking that there are stuff maybe recent that we may have happened to us that's worthwhile that we probably learned from as well. Um while I ponder this, ruminate on the idea of a failure, I know that you maybe have one you'd like to just immediately start us off with. A simple failure would be walking out in front of the group and you realize your fly is open. <laughs> that was so embarrassing. Uh, I don't think anybody noticed, but somebody else was called facilitating with me and gave me the heads up or the, the zipper up. So um, th- th- that was a significant embarrassment, but in my understanding, my sense was not not a lot of the students saw that I had my fly open, but it's it, interesting actually. The old like uh, wardrobe failure thing, I do. I have maybe I have had my fly open. I think that that might be a normal. We're so in our head, right, about everything else about our program. I recently did a program. I'm so normally on top of like wearing the appropriate clothing. I didn't have any rain gear to yeah. uh, a training, and it poured, oh. and I had, felt like so silly because it's like we're going to be outside. Right. I just had to. I put on a, I had a, a wind jacket, like one of those uh, yeah, the, thin things. Yeah. And I pretended it was a rain jacket because I was so embarrassed <laughs> that maybe I forgot my rain jacket. I was soaked through, but I, I faked my way through being like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this, it looks like it's definitely wet. Oh, you're an outdoor, outdoor professional, so it's got to be warm. Yeah, you can't. Windproof and waterproof. You can't not be prepared. And then if I'm, and the part I think that was a real failure in that was I told everyone, hey, it's like it's going to rain. Hopefully you're prepared because we stay outside, you know, failure to prepare is preparing to fail or whatever it is. Then I I look in my bag and I don't have any. No rain gear. I'm like, wow, I have a wind jacket. I'm going to get wet. Did, do you think anybody noticed? Probably not. I, I think that that's, you know, that's something from all of these, especially when it's like internalization like that. I don't think anyone is paying attention to what we're doing. Right. It's one of those things, it's like someone said to me at one point when I was really like focused on a mistake I'd made, like, do you realize like no one really cares about you? (laughs) It's not like it doesn't mean in in an offensive way, but it's just a reality way of saying that we're so obsessed with those little things that we're going to make a mistake on. And then we internalize them so heavily and no one, no one cared. No one even noticed it. Right. And even if they did notice it, it wouldn't have mattered, right? Like it's such right. a innocuous thing, but then it's, we're so hyper-focused on it that it can ruin our entire day. This was actually before I did any facilitation stuff. Actually, it brought me up with another one. I'm going to say two. So the first was I was taking a group on a hike. This is when I did outdoor ed, and it was the winter. And I can see off in the distance there's an icy patch. And so I want to prepare the kids yeah. to know there's an icy patch so i turn around and i'm continuously walking 
yeah. backwards now. And I, and I misjudged completely the distance between where I turned around and where the ice patch was. Because yeah. as I'm saying, hey, everyone, there's a, prepare yourself. Everyone prepare yourself. There's an icy patch. As soon as I said icy patch, I must have hit it, flipped me oh up. Oh, my gosh. Boom. Oh right my. on my back. Wind, it knocked the air out of my lungs. I'm okay. I'm okay. Exactly. And I did the classic adult thing when you're around kids. I'm good. Never, never admit you're missing. Really? No. Yeah, I'm fine. Hey, Phil, you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm all good. <laughs> And I had to like limp away feeling awful with that rest of that. I don't know the lesson there. I don't know what that is. That's just a, maybe it's a piece of, there's a young facilitator part of me of not wanting to admit I was hurt. I think I could have like stopped. Oh, right. Yeah, I just carried on through the day as if it was like nothing. Limped along. And uh, that was, that was extremely painful, but it leads me into um, something I actually did here on the uh, high five. I was a contract facilitate mm-hmm. and at the time we had a, a triangle tension traverse mm-hmm. a really big one mm-hmm. and we very rarely used it because it was just so long and like the pendulums on those things yeah. so hard to spot so but i was we always talk about like no running jumping yeah pull all rules of the, all of pull, yeah when you're on a lows i don't know what it was maybe it's my young uh, i don't know i wasn't even that young 25 or yeah. 24 or something but the group was at the shed and they were really low energy and we were about to go and meet the bus. So I wanted to re-energize them for the final end of the day. So I was All like, right. come on, let's go. And I like leaped. As soon as I said, come on, I leaped in the air. I spun around and I sprinted as if we're heading out of the course. <laughs> and I hit those cables at my shin oh. so hard that it just like, I didn't even have time oh. to put my hands out in front of me. I hit it with such velocity right there and it flipped, flipped me right over the cable, oh smash into the ground. I'm good, and I'm good. I did this exact same thing. It was like, oh, I'm fine. They're, they're laughing. Yeah. Honestly, thought I was maybe put, maybe meant right. that. And I had to, I played it off that it somewhat meant it. But I was like, see, look, that, this is why I don't even have run. As if it was a lesson, <laughs> I needed to tell them and remind them as they were leaving the course. I walk down, I'm waving the buses. Goodbye, yeah. buses. And I'm still acting as if it's fine. The buses l- disappear. And I remember Liz at the time, she yeah. looked at me and she said, are you okay? I pulled up, it was the October, I pulled up oh. my slit, my pant leg. I had skinned everything from almost like the ankle Ooh. all the way up to the knee. And it was pulling blood into my socks. I had then Ooh. a nine hour drive from here to, to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, it, with those, oh my, my, my shins just burning. And uh, that in itself is just a lesson on <laughs> abiding by the own rules that you set. <laughs> I don't know what was into me. I, sh- I felt like I needed to do this goofy kind of like leaping, bounding. I don't know. Interesting enough, I had uh, people here at a recent training and they're talking about like stuff. And I'm saying, no, you didn't, shouldn't do that, you know. But that's good. It's always nice to say those things in hindsight. But when I was doing that, like yeah. I did oh, stupid absolutely. nonsense like jumping and running and cables. I don't know. Anyway, they, those are the two that jumped in my head there. So uh, another of mine, you were with me, Phil. For those of you who are familiar with a five-finger full-value contract, you explain and do an activity of each finger. I mean, it could mean like keep an open mind, think about what you say before you say it, take care of the little things and emotionally, uh, uh, emotions. And we had the the medical forms and show up, no red flags. I start to do an activity with with the group in a circle. 
and um, like the second activity in, let's say, playing finger fencing, and the student shows up with a power and he has no arm. And I just started sweating bullets. It was, it was the, the most bizarre thing because I was sweating bullets, but I think I also had goosebumps. And I just paused and continued on and took a look, and it, would, it just really stopped me in my tracks. Um, and, of course, and when I make any mistakes at all, I'm terrible on myself. I think I'm getting better, but I, I will replay it and beat myself up. And why didn't I turn my head quicker to notice? But that was, that was a hard one. That was student didn't react in a negative way, either the paraprofessional, but I was like, oh. And then eventually I came up with five-finger contract things for so you don't touch anybody you do by yourself. So that was one of the things that I, I did. Yeah, I was there. There was there were two bouts. One, it wasn't on, on, on the forms, but we. I remember the group came. It wasn't until we started. Yeah. And I, I was surveying the group. Yeah. And it was – you were already deep into the introduction of the activity when I noticed it, and I'm looking at you, and I'm like, "Oh my god, oh my what, are we do, what are we doing here? We're going to do a we're going to do a series of finger based and hand based, <laughs> hand -based activities, partner activities with a kid in the group with no hands." Yeah, I, I yeah. that I don't know. Yeah, the problem I think with some of the you know. Think of the number of activities and people listening to this that you do right. that hands-based activities. They're almost a staple sometimes of the programs yeah. that we work oh, in. So I don't know if we, you know, I think that it was we you adapted well and we got we moved through it and and it was never brought up. But one of the, it's one of those things as well. I think that we internalize that those people are exactly. you know this kid at CC he's had his whole life. It's not right. Like, you know, some of the, some sometimes those cases we make these giant leaps and assumptions that someone's going to find this offensive, or yep. you know, I think that we internalized it, and he was a really nice kid, and the rest of the day he climbed oh, it was a great and everything day. Yeah. It was like there was no there was no disadvantage for him, yeah. other than the fact that that was just definitely the start. And I, oh, it's one of those things like looking I'd back had on my fly can, open. <laughs> so. Looking back on it, the irony of that kind of experience is. It's humorous. I think yeah. we can somewhat, you know, laugh at it now and just say, like, yeah, we now. did, we did try to do finger-based contract and hand games with kid with no hands. There's, <laughs> there's a reality that that like oh, there's a level gosh. of humorous, humorousness to that. But in the moment, I think that I, you know, the only thing like lesson I would take from you know from those are, you know, we 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 attend to the group, like you pay attention to the group. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you and, and there has to be like some level of adaptability from a program perspective, but we're too we're too experienced facilitators. It wasn't like you yeah. know I've never our seen first that. Rodeo. If, right? You know, twenty plus years of teaching for yourself. Yeah. Have you ever run into having to deal with that? Like I don't. No, that's what I mean. No, like, never. You'd know how would you prepare? And it's not something we're going to teach people. Right. Of like, hey, if you happen to have a kid with no hands, you know what it reminded me of. Even as you're saying that, remember the story I told of the swing. Oh like, my gosh! That's you a, to retell that story. That's another one oh of these can, these situations. So we're we're running the swing, our giant swing, and the way that we slow our participants down is we tap their legs yep. to slow them down, and um, and then once they slow to a certain point, we often grab their legs, or if we can grab the back of the harness just to finish up that before the ladder gets brought in. And there's a kid. You know, swung every, perfectly fine the whole time. I then said, I'm ready to grab your legs. She gives me the thumbs yeah. up. I grab her legs. She carries on going and I'm holding her leg. 
<laughs> and that story never gets old. And I, I responded in an expletive. I said the F word quite loudly at, in front of all the kids who were there. And they're, and then I look and they're laughing their heads off. Yeah. The kids swinging, laughing their heads off. She can't. So this was a kid who had climbed through the whole program, no evidence of any right. prosthetic, and had loosened her prosthetic in the process of swinging and knew that I would rip the prosthetic off. Oh and, and she'd obviously checked in with her kids because the teacher was laughing. Everyone found it yeah, this hilarious gotcha. experience. They got me. It was a classic, classic prank. I don't know. I'm not very classic prank. But my response, I, my heart... I've never felt so scared. I honestly thought this is the end of my career. Right. Yeah. I just ripped a kid's leg off. <laughs> <laughs> the leg of that one. I told that story today on the course. Oh my god. Because we were doing yeah. the swing, same thing. But it's one of those things. Like, how would you ever? I, I actually appreciate that level of humor. In yeah. hindsight, I give that kid a high five. Right. Absolutely. You, you, you got me good. You got me good on a on a joke that's really, really very yeah. funny. I think it's really important to be able to share that, like like you have, and like I was. Uh, helping running the swing today and there's a retrieval rope and Phil you told a real good story about the mm. retrieval rope getting wrapped around my, uh, your hand and getting pulled up and I, there's not a moment that I'm not holding on that rope I'm not thinking of that story every yeah. foot every pull so I think it is really helpful it is embarrassing as it may be but with a certain level of vulnerability and trust to share those with your coworker if they coworkers if they're not aware of that mm. because we, you, we all learn from that like well, I'll give you my yeah. all-time one. I think it was, you know, it gets back to close. I used to teach uh, high school PE, and we had a dance unit. And with the uh, working with a coworker, we did this move to the side, and I split my pants right down the middle. <laughs> the place went wild, and I, you know, it was pretty embarrassing. Put a t-shirt in there, and kind of kept going, and. Off we went. But that story came back 10 years later to my wife from people who she met. Oh, I'm from Simsbury. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to have Mr. Keegan. Oh, he's like, I ripped his pants. So, I mean, I seem to be having wardrobe problems throughout my career, <laughs> but that's say, okay. Hang on. The lesson here is you need to figure out that you need to get a better pair of pants. Yeah. Um, no, I, I do think that there is, the, there is that vulnerability of sharing those stories. You know, I just had a... Um, uh, a level two trainer here. And one of the questions I often ask at the start is like near misses. Yeah. And there is a, there's a point at which I think it's important, not so much for other people to share, although it's important for them. It's also important for any of us who have been in doing this for a while to be more honest about these things. Absolutely. Because it's normally, you know, interesting enough, the only time I've found in the past that maybe someone who I looked up to demonstrated maybe some vulnerability is after I had experience. They're like, right. "Oh no, this has happened to me before," and it's like, "Crap!" You know, I was I was worrying about that, internalizing that. Oh yeah, I'd really let everyone down, and then someone's like, "Oh no, this happened to me," and almost I think like, "Oh, I wish I'd have known that before," like right. because oh, I've been feeling that all this time of feeling like, "Oh, I'm you know I let the group down," blah blah blah. I'll, I'll elaborate for those people on that on that swing story one because I brought that up recently in that level two training and the concept for me was the retrieval rope. You know, number one areas of risk uh, in terms of when people are more likely to make have yeah. errors. It's like the end of the day. Yeah, um, classic. You're fatigued. You're also pressured to try to get through a number of people. Yeah, you got three you know, more to go. Yeah, it's like you're getting the pressure from exterior people saying like, and maybe I brought this up recently. Maybe you 
had intentionally added pressure by saying everyone would get food. Mm-hmm. So you created that expectation. Yep. So there's all these things. And a swing is one of those classics, factory-based. You've got an hour and a half. You're trying to get through 30 kids. They love it. And so what are you going to do? Not get through those last two? Now, in hindsight, the answer is yes. You just don't rush right. it, right? But I got in such a factory process that I'm standing there, clipping, put someone into the... And then while I'm standing at the ladder, the kid just goes... Phew, past me so they were on the ladder and then they get pulled and what's happened is the whole team has just started moving my response instinctual response was to grab the retrieval rope because i was worried about getting wrapped around their legs because i'd heard all these horror stories of grab the ropes getting wrapped around people's legs and all these crazy rope burns now in hindsight i should have just told the whole team to stop what's the worst thing that happens in this scenario so but i you know instinct kicked in and i grabbed that rope and as soon as i grab it it did like a bolo, you know, those weapons. Mm-hmm. It, it wrapped like four times around my hand. Let's like just put the whipping of it. I know. And before I even knew it, because that whole team ran, I was 20 feet up, hanging by my fingers, Holy just get Lord. dragged. I was hanging Holy underneath cow. the person on the swing. And the only reason that it was even noticed is I went on our course here at High Five, there's a shed, and I went past the shed, and there was another staff member at the time. It was another contract staff. It doesn't matter whose name Where is. Where are you going, Phil? But what are you doing sees, up there? sees right. me disappear up Holy above it, cow. runs around the shed, yells for the whole team, gets me back, lowers me back down. I still have some nerve damage on the exterior of the fingers. And I am fortunate just because I'm light that I didn't break right. my fingers because all the weight was just on those fingers. Holy moly. And it's one of those things like it happened so quick, but it was like really good lesson for me. And a good not, lesson for me because you shared that. And today I'm like, oh, baby, don't let it wrap around your hand. Yeah. And as simple as that is, it's like, oh, But it's just God. the operation stuff right. as well. Like connect with that whole team. Don't rush. Um, go through the steps. Do those checks. You know, we've added to the swing SOP here at High Five about having them do the practice pull yep. on, all that, about checklists on that something. snap shackle. So it's all like, you know, I've referenced the checklist manifesto by Atul Gawande, that book. But like, Making sure you go through it so you yeah. don't make a mistake. That's, that's, that's how surgeons don't end up with gear in someone's abdomen. You know, they've gone right, through the yeah. checks. They count all the stuff. And it's not about rushing. I And I, the hard part, I do think, that in the lesson there, and there were some younger facilitators in my previous level too, is how do you advocate as a newer, younger professional? Yeah, that's tough. For yeah. going against the grain in terms of like, yeah, if someone really says, tough. you have to get through everyone. If you have a supervisor who says, you've got an hour and a half, get through these 30 kids, how do you actually hold that line? And I've told, I guess the Jim Grouch says this, our exec, when in doubt, play volleyball, nothing against yep, volleyball, absolutely. but just do something else if you're doubting it. Absolutely. But it is a just, I, I struggle with that for, to try to explain it to people because I think back, I didn't speak up. I wouldn't have spoken up when I started off. Oh yeah, when you're just starting out, no. So this is where, word to the your supervisors tell your facilitators that if they're the belayer if they're in charge of the swing yep. they're in charge of the swing yeah give them Absolutely. full autonomy decision to make any choices and back them up 100 yep. percent. if the teacher of that group comes out and says rich didn't get through all of the people i'd say, apologize and say sorry we couldn't yeah i just or say no he it was well in well within his right. He obviously made a choice, made a decision, back him. Because yeah. you've got to empower your staff to make those decisions because they will make the mistakes otherwise. And I even as I tell those stories to people with the swing stuff, 
it scares them enough to think like there's some risk. But I don't know sometimes if it scares them enough to supersede their, their right. supervisors because they're worried about their jobs. And that's just not acceptable. You know, people should be able to not rush people through. Absolutely. And then, then that is on us, you know, as trainers to say that these are the steps you go on. It's on us as an organization to add in those steps so it slows the process. Yeah. I think that's important because we can't keep having that kind of stuff. And those things have happened to me. And I was, you know, I was lucky, very lucky. Yeah. I could no, be another one of these dropped from the air. Right. Land uh, on my ankles, break my fingers, all that kind of stuff. So be able to do the job you're you doing know, it's now. A, it's a scary story, but there is a, and you know what I, the reflection piece on it for me is it took me a while to share that story. Yeah. I worked here. I, I did that when I was contract. Yeah. I've been here seven more years since. Yeah. And I've only started sharing that story in the last two, three years at BBs. Right. So there's like, yeah, no, and I appreciate it. Obviously, yeah. you're keeping other but people I, safe, including me, but or I think safer. There is that we talk about imposter syndrome before in this podcast about like owning our mistakes yeah. and stuff like that. And I used to think that if I, as a professional expert, uh, expert with question with yeah. huge quotation marks, um, but like the concept that we can't be fallible. You know, when I started here as a right. trainer, I was 26. So like. As a twenty-six-year-old versus yeah. my thirty-four coming thirty-five-year-old, there's a different, yeah. different mindset on what I would, why my. But you know, I used to run level two trainings, right. thinking, uh, "Who the hell am I to be leaving this?" You know. <laughs> so now it's, I still feel that, but at least I feel a little bit more ownership right. over saying, "Like I've made errors," and I. Oh, absolutely, we all have. So, um, getting back to yeah. you know what, and some of the trainings I've done for those same kindness kinds of conversations i go back i'm going back to my school or camp and what you showed me here is very different than uh what we've been doing at camp or at school what do i do with that and um i mean i've recommended everything from well you you're here for a training you can tell your supervisor hey you've got this training from high five or project adventure whoever it may be that's a qualified vendor say we they do this differently i've also offered to say I'd get in on a phone call with them to help them back back them up. That hasn't been needed, but I mean, if you're getting extra training, we really think you need to speak up. As we demonstrate standards, sometimes people realize the things they're not doing or the things they're doing wrong. And then it's like, how do I then address that? And now I've said, you know, you, you can present the high five guide or yeah. whoever, that's our SOP. And, and I would say that's the same for all other vendors who will have an SOP. Demonstrate that, show that at the first port. And then ultimately, if they can't seem to get any push they, or they get pushback, then they can always tell us and I'll have oh, get on the phone with someone and say like, because no individual employee who then comes through a professional training and then is illuminated on their misses yep. should have to go back to their site and then knowingly then make a mistake. I think we we started off talking about facilitation failures, but I think we led into talking about like, you know, other failures that occur. But I think that there's even facilitation stuff, like there should be lessons that people learn from some of these mistakes that then contribute to having conversations. And maybe it's a programmatic thing. Maybe it's like, 
because I yeah I've been to places where I was set up to fail in terms of like my program structure. Right. Like this is I'm doing this in this order. I have to do these activities in this order. I remember when I used to like I used to have like five activities I would do no matter what the group. Yep. And the first activity, if that failed and the group is disruptive, I would move on to the next one, which was a progression on the previous one. <laughs> it just get worse and right. worse and worse and worse and worse. And I'm doing things of like crazy risk stuff now. Okay, well you you really didn't demonstrate that you're that great at working as a really responsible group. Let's go and do a let's try the it wild again. woozy. Right. And then you know like it's yeah. I, there was no setup and there was no opportunity for the individual staff member, a.k.a. myself at the time, to make the decision to not do something. I think that, that being able to say, I'm not going to do this is huge. Uh, and we have that, that culture here at High Five. I mean, you mentioned go ahead and play volleyball, which means do something else. That I think if, if you're going to take away one management tip from all of this, it's, it's that. Except if you don't feel comfortable, you're not sure, the group's not ready, don't go there. I'm hopeful that the people listening to this are appreciative that we're sharing this. And I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, if you want to submit your facilitation fail or just something that you think you've noticed you've made a mistake or a near miss or something like that, and you want to submit that, I'm happy to jump on a call with you and discuss this with you and then put that out there as less lessons for other people. Yeah, you're not um, getting any more, any more out of me, though. Paul. That's it. <laughs> Clothing failures, yeah. other kinds of failures. I'm done. Okay, awesome. Um, so thanks, uh, thanks, Keeks, so, uh, for sharing. And we will uh, see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Vertical Playcast. And then what about thanks for listening to High Fives Podcast? Can you do it? Thanks for getting us a good class, guys. <laughs> <laughs>